You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your favorite CCT personality, JTAC extraordinaire, embracer of the ridiculous face, and like the shortest operator you'll ever meet, Peaches. Hey everybody, welcome to the Ones Ready Podcast. We've got another delicious episode for you. Today we're going to cover some of the Air National Guard uh, tactical air control party stuff. So we've got a couple guests on that are going to help us out. Uh, the Guard can kind of be a different animal and, and we've gotten quite a few questions on it. So that's why we brought these gentlemen on so that they can answer your questions. Um, so we'll cover a whole gamut of different things. Uh, that you can expect in the guard and also uh, transitioning from active duty to guard. So just like we do on every single episode, we want to thank all our affiliates in terms of Alpha Brew Coffee Company, Strikeforce Energy, and Eberly Stock. All great products, all great companies, and they support us. And by supporting us, they are not paying us, but please use the promo code OnesReady if you guys want to get a discount on any of those products. And we use all of them, so hey, how about that? Okay, and also thanks to all the listeners out there. We really appreciate the support and uh, everything that you guys have done for us. And please continue to engage us on Instagram, our email, and uh, any other way that you can get a hold of us. So well, not any other way. Well, not any. No, please use the okay. prescribed ways. Peach, come on, man. We well, just my, talked fo- about my phone number is seven zero. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, let's put some boundaries on it. I, we try to get back to you guys. Hey, here's the goal, guys. Let's get to a point where we have too many emails that we can't answer. We do a good job. Peach is all over the, the email account. We're pretty good with the IG and the Facebook. So, man, let's uh, let's get this thing going to the point where we're having trouble answering those emails. But for now, on the approved <laughs> method, not direct, Peach. Hit us up with an email. Hit us up with that IG or leave a comment on the YouTube. So, okay. So we've got Ben and we've got Cody. Uh, ben, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Give us a little bit of background intro, uh, info on your history and, and kind of how you became to be an Air National Guard tech. Uh, yeah. So I uh, enlisted in active duty uh, Air Force in 2009, uh, came in as a TACP, the only way I actually knew about TACP is my brother uh, had enlisted and become a TACP about four years before me. Uh, he started off in SEER, uh, went through part of their uh, initial training, and then uh, switched over to TACP about halfway through something about not being able to sew correctly. But I'm not really, I, I think he was just soft, but um, so that's how I found out about it. I was actually looking into like the Marines and Army and things like that beforehand. Went over to the Air Force recruiter, found uh, a little bit about TACP, and then talked to my brother about it, and he pushed me that way. Um, I was active duty um, at the 5th ASOS in Washington State for uh, about six to seven years. Then I went to the weapons school where Peaches was actually one of my instructors there um, in 2015. Went back there shortly after to be be an instructor, uh, and that's where I made the transition to the guard. So it was about nine years active duty. Uh, and then uh, made the transition to be a guardsman. I've been there for about a year now. Awesome. How about yeah, you, just on, Oh, okay. Well, Go ahead. Yeah, just pause there real quick. Just a quick question. Why did you make the, the transition? We get this question a lot. Guys are like right on that precipice, that six to 10-year mark is when you see a lot of guys do it. What was the deciding factor for you? Was it the stability of the guard or was it a different mission? 
Uh, it was mostly stability. A lot of it was kind of the family aspect of it. Uh, both my wife and me uh, grew up in Southern Illinois. Uh, so having the, the 169th ASOS house right there in Peoria, uh, it's about two and a half hour drive to where we both grew up. Uh, we've got parents that are getting older, having health issues and grandparents, uh, same thing. So we wanted our two daughters to be able to visit more often, see their grandparents grow up in that kind of, uh, that environment, uh, kind of what we grew up in. Uh, that was probably the biggest factor that, that, um, led us back here. Yeah. Awesome. How about you, Cody? So I also enlisted in, uh, 2009 <clears throat> and then, uh, as a traditional guardsman at the 169th day sauce, uh, went through the pipeline, came out, went straight to Afghanistan, um, did a tour over there, came back, went to school for about a year. It was fortunate enough to get a uh, full-time position out there. So uh, I was recommended to apply for one of those. Um, got on there full-time and I've been uh, full-time at the 169th ever since. Uh, nice. So we've got got a good mixture. We've got a active duty that has transitioned over to guard, and then we've got a full-time guard um, since cradle or grave, essentially. So awesome. Um, you know, one of the things that I asked Roomba – on the last episode that we, or the episode that we had him on was what drove him towards TACP. So, um, Cody, what drove you towards TACP? Um, I really didn't know much about, uh, the air force and their, uh, combat oriented, uh, jobs. Uh, when I first got in, um, I had a family friend who was 18 alpha and I was going to go, you know, follow his, uh, footprints with that, uh, avenue. And, uh, as soon as he heard out, heard about it, uh, he was like, absolutely not, man, you gotta join the air force. So, uh, he's like, Hey man, there's a TACP unit, uh, about 20 minutes from where you grew up, go down there and uh, talk to those guys. Those guys are pretty cool. And uh, they do some cool stuff. And he's like, they can tell you what it is. So went, went down there, showed me a motivational video of people jumping on airplanes and, you know, shooting guns and dropping bombs. And I was that like, okay. brochure gotcha. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just do sicker, me a man. favor. Just tell me which three doors down song was playing. Was it <laughs> Superman? I bet it was Superman. Wasn't it? <laughs> It was a tribute. It was actually all of them into one. Yeah, beside you, baby. Yeah. It's a yeah. medley like of every song about being deployed for two months. <laughs> yep. So I know a little about TACB. I enlisted and then uh, took the ride. So Awesome. Awesome. And uh, what drove you there, Ben? Uh, I really didn't know what I was getting into, to be honest. Even though my uh, I talked to my brother about it a little bit. He was already a couple years in. Um, I knew I didn't want to do anything um, ordinary, like a, jo- a, nor- a normal job that you could do mm-hmm. uh, in civilian life. I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, it was either this or kind of keep going down the wrong path in my civilian life. So uh, I wanted to do something exciting, something I could travel, kind of the standard uh, reasons why most people get in the military. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that there was at least an avenue for me to do something, um, kind of chase an adrenaline rush, I guess. Um, I wanted something that had a brotherhood, uh, something close knit, something small, um, so that I could kind of build those relationships and, and not be kind of just another cog, I guess. Yeah. Um, those are, those are big, big reasons why following my brother's foot, uh, footsteps was, uh, a pretty big influencer for me as well. He was already doing well in it and he enjoyed it. So that, that pushed me that way. Dude, I did, I had no idea that your brother was attacking you as well. Yeah, my actually, he's a TACP, and then my oldest brother is a, a ABMer on AWACS. So 
Christmas is a lot of fun because we get to tell like cool tack piece stories and then he has to talk about like radar screens and blips and, and squeaks and things. So, it's- exactly. so I got a, I'm the oldest of four boys. All four of us are in the military. I've got two helicopter pilots, myself, and then my, my youngest brother is a, he's a first sergeant at a, a, one of the new cyber squadrons in the army, but it's funny. We always, it's like the airborne table. And then like, you know, I'm like, well, I'm, it's a little bit different. My my brother Brian's a for, like a formation upgrade pilot, so there's always I, I love the brotherly shit talking. It's always the yeah. best. So oh, that's yeah. gotta that's be a, that's gotta be a fun one for you guys because it's all like the same. Be like, well, you sound like trash on the mic. Well, you sound like trash. Your calls are stupid. <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, was was your brother a, an instructor at the apprentice course here just a couple years back? He was. Yep. Was that? Oh man. Frank. All right. Oh yeah. I yeah. didn't want to say his name in case yeah. you didn't want to yeah. say it, but yeah. <laughs> say it. if you I say it three times, say it. he just appears and <laughs> no, he's actually one of the. It's a funny story. He used to come down to the gym uh, at the swamp and work out, and uh, we'd have students come up to us, be like, "Hey, why are all the tack peas like six three and super <laughs> huge and shredded?" We're like, "Guys, not all tack peas look like that, but like Frank's a a different kind of person." Yeah, he is. But um, <laughs> back to tack, like. <laughs> Going from active to guard, like what was that like? What was the transition like? What are the big differences um, between active duty and guard? Uh, so the transition was, it was lengthy. Uh, it was a lengthy process, but it was fairly easy to navigate through. Uh, the first step in the process is uh, getting in touch with the unit that you're most, um, that you would most likely want to go to. Uh, because in the guard, once you get there, that's kind of where you're staying because you get hired to that unit. It's There's no PCSs after that. That's where you're going to be. So you want to make sure you're making the right decision there. Get in touch with them. Um, there's a lot of work with the recruiters on both ends. So you'll start talking with the recruiters on uh, the base side where you want to go, as well as your in-service guard recruiter at your current base. Uh, there should be an in-service guard recruiter at every Air Force base. Uh, I'm not aware of any that don't have them. Um, and they will walk you step by step through the process. And it's, um, it's a VMPF online Air Force portal process where you will submit uh, packages um, uh, and all kinds of information, all of, all of your background information, all your certificates, everything that you've ever done. Uh, you'll submit it through there and it'll go through uh, up through the Air Force personnel channels to be approved. And that's all based on mostly driven by uh, AFI requirements um, as far as timelines and how long you can how early you can get out before your ET your uh, established ETS and things like that. Hmm. Was yeah. it a, was it a fairly easy process or is it pretty lengthy? Uh, it's somewhat lengthy. Uh, every part of the process uh, is somewhere between 30 and 90 days with the standard 30 and 90 days for every process. Uh, probably the biggest hangups were once you got to that point, if you weren't constantly on top of the person that was supposed to be pushing your paperwork through to the next part, uh, then it would become stagnant and it would kind of sit there for a little bit until you made a lot of calls and a lot of emails. Uh, but mm. as long as you stayed on top of it and had some responsibility for it, then uh, the recruiter was a big asset. They would always help as well, try and push it through and it would, it would keep it going. But you are kind of stuck to those. If they say it's going to take 30 days, it will most likely take 29 and a half days to get done. Cause they're going to wait until that 29th day to, uh, Oh, look at that. 
<laughs> they just pull it from under their chair and they're like, yeah. oh. Hey, if you, wait, if you wait until the last minute, it's only going to take a minute. Well, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's it. You have, you have made it happen. Cody, what was, what was different for you kind of along the same line? So, you know, um, you know, meet made the transition from, from active duty over to guard. You came fresh off the streets and you wanted to be a guardsman from the rip. Why, why did you make that decision as opposed to going active duty? Well, I mean, I just, I kind of fell in love with it. Um, I was wanting to do some stuff on the civilian side. Um, I also, you know, felt like obligated and I wanted to do something for, you know, for our country and, uh, which is kind of what got my foot in the door to begin with. Um, but I still wanted to have a civilian life. Um, and once I, you know, had a taste of it, I went down range and did a deployment. I uh, came home and I was like, man, this is, this is what I want to do. So, um, just getting that experience and that exposure, um, was extre- I said extremely unfortunate or fortunate to, to get that position as well. Um, full-time guard positions are hard to come by. Yeah. Uh, there's only a certain amount of spots and, um, it's either someone has to die or retire. And those are really the only two options. Yeah. Hey, can um, we, can we pause right there? Can you explain to people, they might not know the difference between an active duty guard position and your, your more traditional guardsman. Yeah, man. So you got your, you know, AGRs, your full-timers, um, they're the ones that pretty much just get the squadron running, you know, day-to-day operations, uh, same, same roles, responsibilities that, you know, active squadrons have to do just a lot less manning. So, um, you know, it comes with the benefits of getting AGRs out there, but you also have a little bit more additional duties than a, a standard, uh, ASOS would have. Um, but then your DSGs, man, they're just, they're out there with the, uh, <clears throat> the minimum days that they have to do throughout the year. So, uh, standard is, uh, two weeks a month and then you got the two weeks in the summer. We kind of do a hybrid thing, um, because it's hard for us to train on a two day period, um, especially being, you know, JTACs and keeping our currencies. So when we have to travel, you know, we can't just call in airstrikes in our backyard. So, uh, we kind of consolidate them. We do sort of a, a hybrid. It's not quite a quarterly where you come out, you know, one, one, one week, a quarter. Um, but we try to during the cold months, come out for two days, do all our admin stuff that we have to do our CBTs and stuff like that. Then when it starts to get warm, uh, we do like seven day, um, TD wise. Um, and then we do, you know, 10 days or whatever it is to, to facilitate the training. So most of the time there's uh, civilians are out doing their day, day job. And then, you know, when, uh, when our schedule calls for them to be out there, they need to come out there. Um, I'd say TACP is a little bit more, um, demanding than a normal, you know, Air National Guard job just because of the requirements of shooting medical and, you know, cast training and all that stuff we have to maintain. Um, but you guys know that coming in, you know, when we come and get them off the streets and you know, like me was saying a second ago, you know, the guard has to do a lot of its own recruiting. Uh, we don't, you know, get the guys to come in. So uh, pulling guys off of, you know, active duty, guys that want to retire or not retire, I'm sorry, get out, you know, um, grabbing hold of those dudes that are already trained stuff like that, getting them over. Um, that's that's kind of where we have to go. So our, our recruiting um, is pretty hot and heavy, is especially with the guard, uh, with the min man getting guy from like you know, uh, beginning to actually going down range is, is pretty daunting. So so the yeah. the process then would be so if I'm a dude just like I, no prior service or anything like that, and, and I want a full time gig. I've got to come interview with you guys. And if you decide it, assuming that there's slots available, then I interview, you guys decide to hire me and then I go to the pipeline and everything like that. Right. Yeah. You would, you would not get a job um, full time out there unless you were already like a JTAC, a qualified JTAC or, you know, qualified TACP. Um, It's really hard to get them as young as I did. I think I was just fortunate to get that deployment and then, you know, build a relationship with the squadron. Um, So I kind of got vetted and hired on early. A lot of it's guys that have, you know, been, you know, prior uh, active and they've got, you know, a time under their belt or guys that have done a combat deployment or two, they have that time. 
a position comes available, then they, you know, they apply for it. Then yes, just like you said, you know, we board, have a board and we, you know, assess them and make sure it's a good fit for the squadron and, and everything makes sense. And then we hire them out there, but for a guy to come out right, right off the streets uh, and get a full-time position out there, like that, I don't think that would ever happen in the guard. Okay. And what about part-time then for those, that same kind of individual? Yeah, absolutely, man. Part-time we got, we got the slots for that. Uh, I think every squadron does right now as well. Um, they're national guard and that's just, they come in and say, Hey man, I want to, want to be attacked P they take the pass test. We assess them. We get them through the medical, uh, make sure everything checks. And once they have actually a passing pass test and their medical is good to go, uh, then we send them just a basic, just like an active duty attack P and then they go through everything just like active duty until they get done with their, their pipeline. And then they come back to us. We keep them on our, um, combat mission ready, uh, days. I think it were up to about 365, um, days about the squadron. So I stay out squadron, get them all spun up, ready to go. JTAC qualified. And then, um, once they're done, then they go back to their civilian life and they're qualified JTAC and they come out in the drills that they need to, to maintain their qual- uh, currencies and calls. Um, and then their day to day is just doing their civilian job. Nice. Okay. Now we do have guys that are called guard bums, which are guys that are, you know, going to school or, you know, whatever it is that they want to be doing, but they, they really want to be, you know, involved in TACP and they come out there and they ask, you know, for days, Hey, you got any days out there and we'll get them, we'll hook them up with days and, and try to keep them out there as, you know, full time. And that just kind of flexes around the fiscal year and, you know, how much money and days we have for that year. But for a lot of the motivated guys, we're able to do that. And that's generally kind of the younger guys that are bouncing between college or jobs and stuff like that too. Living living out of a van, not a care in the world, just trying to call in some cast on the Moa dog. <laughs> that's all. I'm just trying to that's right. trying to shred right. some sweet nar on the weekends and I'm trying to call in some sweet lines on the weekdays. That's it. Golly, hey, man. Uh, I, do, I do miss that pow-pow. Man, the pop is so fresh. You got to get the gnar, bro. Uh, meet more for you. Cause we're, you know, Cody, you know, touched on a whole bunch of it. There just a bunch of differences between active duty and guard. What were the differences, especially since you came from active duty and now you're, you're in the guard. What are those, uh, what are those other differences that guys can look for, especially when they're, you know, guys and gals, when they're looking at career fields. And this is, I want to say for everybody listening like this, we're talking specifically TAC P cause that's who we have on, but this applies across of, across all of aspect war. If we had two guard PJs on, they'd be doing the same thing. They'd be talking differences and all these things would be the same. So, you know, take to heart what it is, the intent of what we're saying and what we're talking about here. And, and don't just be like, well, they didn't talk about combat controllers. It's, it's a lot of the same stuff. So off my soapbox meat. Sorry, I didn't endure that. But <laughs> the question is, you know, what are, what are some of those other differences between active duty and guard, especially from your angle, seeing both sides? Uh, so some of the, some of the stuff that I saw in active duty that I was kind of concerned about making the transition was uh, currency, uh, just the training cycles. And I didn't really fully understand how with as many currencies as all, all of us have uh, and qualifications we have to maintain and certain and upgrade processes and things like that, how that could possibly happen on a guard schedule. Uh, but then when I started, when I made the transition, I looked back and this was a big uh, kind of eye opening thing for me is that, there was a lot of time on active duty, not to uh, talk down to active duty in any way, shape or form, but uh, that was wasted uh, to the point where <gasps> How they dare were you. <laughs> Dude, How I was wondering what that sound was. I'm like, you. what was that? <laughs> How dare It was the air going out of the room as I clutched my pearls at you. Someone cut his mic. Cut his mic now. <laughs> Get him off of there. Uh, I did it. I did it. I ruined it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there was all this extra time that was uh it was spent doing things but it wasn't what the guard does is it boils it down to 
only the training days that you need to meet the qualifications and the currencies that are required uh, with some with some leftover for, for additional qualifications if you want them and to, to do extra things like uh, go to airborne. And when it really boils down, it's like we have the days to do quite a bit of training outside of what's actually required. It's just if the person is willing to take extra time away from work, which is where that balance comes in, being a, a traditional uh, versus an active duty. Like you kind of have to balance the the, the career that the guy is uh, pursuing on the outside, as well as how much he wants to pursue, pursue outside of his uh, normal requirements while on uh, when he's on days uh, at the unit. So that was a huge uh, kind of eye-opening aspect of it to me is like, it's when you really boil it down, we're meeting the exact same requirements and currencies and training um, aspects as active duty is because we still run off the same uh, AFIs and regulations. Uh, it's just in a different way. And it's kind of, it's disjointed and the schedule is weird because they're not there full time, but at the end of the year, we still make all of our currencies. Meet uh, both both of you guys. Or I'm sorry, Ben. <laughs> if you guys all know, Meet is his call sign. So, um, you you guys have both used days. Could could you one of you explain what what you guys mean by days? I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let Cody talk about days because <laughs> yeah, it's let the, the pure most blood confusing thing. <laughs> the Listen, pure right. blood. Let the, let the pure blood explain it. Let him like walk us through it. Come on, Harry, you're a wizard. Let us know. <clears throat> so I'm not gonna get too weird about it. Uh, there there are a certain amount of number of days. So like as uh, active dudes, they don't have to worry about days because they're out there 365 um, days for us are well down to like what's considered a good year. Um, and what I mean by good year is that they can actually count that as a retirement year. So there's a minimum amount of days that they have to be out there throughout the year to make sure that they have that good year. We have different like special, uh, training days, uh, annual training days. Again, I could bore you guys to death and it's pretty terrible, but, uh, boils down to really is like they have a certain number of days that they can get, uh, in order to come out there and train and they can't come out there and train unless they have the days associated with it. And with the days comes money. Um, a lot of admin nerd stuff that has to be done behind the scenes um, for in order for our guys to come out there and actually train um, moral stories. They just we just need to have those. And if I say the fiscal year, um, just like the government works, uh, we don't get anything as the, the fiscal year uh, transitions. But then by the end of it, it's like, hey man, we got all these days and dollars. I need you to spend it right now. So generally speaking, with those guard bums, you know, we get them out there at the very end of the fiscal year, and then there's like a two month uh, lull where we don't have those days and money. And then it's right back to, to getting those guys out there. We're going on trips. We're buying gear. We're getting the wish list together. We're getting all that stuff that goes on. It's just a little bit uh, unorthodox. But for the members, man, they don't, they don't see it. They just, hey, I want to come out here and train. Got it. We'll get you what we need to. And then they're out here training. Okay. One, one thing to add on to that is so far what I've seen is I haven't seen um, us not having days for guys that, are, that want to come out extra or on top of what they've they're just required to do. So if somebody wanted to come out more days uh, just because they needed a break from, from work or school or whatever they're doing, and they wanted to train more or uh, go to a school or, or do whatever, there's, there's always been enough days to do that uh, with the days. Uh, they follow the same process that the money does in the military where you could get to the end of the year and you, you won't get your days allocated until you know a couple months in. But other than that, I, I haven't seen an actual limitation on days uh, that has hindered anybody from doing the things that they want to do, especially the, or 
specifically for the traditional guys. That's good, man. Because, I mean, if dudes want to get some work in, then, I mean, they're not being, you know, told no, and they don't have to that don't necessarily have to wait until days become available. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's a cool thing about the guard too, is that, you know, if guys are super motivated and they find a love and a passion for it, they can come out there as much as they want. And, you know, if they end up doing it and committed and like, Hey man, I want to focus on my civilian career. It's not exactly what I want. You know, they just have to do the minimum commitment. Uh, they still get their, you know, uh, GI benefits and all the other, you know, guard benefits that are associated with it as well. So it's kind of up to the user. Well, yeah. that's, that's awesome to have that kind of flexibility yeah. to be able to, to do that. So we kind of, we kind of hit like a garrison one and we did it for, we did it from the, the lens. One of our other podcasts was on like, what do you guys do? Cause the, the whole idea for the ones ready thing that we're doing is like all of these questions that we've all gotten, we're trying to get it to a central place that we can get them to where instead of answering the question for the 4 millionth time, we're like, Hey man, this is what this looks like. Like, Yes, you can go to airborne school. Yes, you can go to free fall school. Yeah, like all those questions that people ask you, right? One of the questions that we get all the time is, well, what does life look like inside of this thing, right? Like, what does a PJ look like day to day when you're at home? What do you do when you're not training? What do you do when you're getting ready for deployment? But we didn't ask it from the guard side. So for you guys from like an, we'll we'll put it in like the active guard box, you know, what's a day to day look like? For you guys, just on a normal training, you know, getting training cycle, getting ready uh, to go deploy, what does that look like for you guys at home station as guardsmen? Uh, so our day probably mirrors active duty from for the AGRs, probably mirrors it pretty closely. We do the normal Monday through Friday, uh, usually around 6.30 in the morning, starting PT, do that for a couple hours, shower up, uh, get to your desk, start working. Most of the stuff that we're doing maybe a little bit different from active duty, but it's still along the same lines We're the guys that are there full time are essentially just putting together all of the TDYs that are to follow. So we're building the training. We're building the scenarios. We're doing the coordination with pilots. We're right. doing coordination with the so, range. But I mean, even like stuff. man, zero seven, you're there. You guys are working out. You guys go to work at nine. Like that's the kind of stuff people ask are like, Hey, no kidding. What is life? Okay. Like? Uh, six thirty in the morning, everybody shows up. We start a uh, PT. It's somewhat on your own, uh, but we've got a gym across the street that's built up for us to use. Most ASOSs in the in the guard now have some sort of gym built up for them for their use, since the guard bases are typically uh, quite a bit smaller. Uh, you go and work out for about an hour and a half to two and a half hours, however long you need to uh, stretch out. Get back in the building, cook breakfast. Uh, kind of uh kind of breakfasts you making over there at the asos dog i'm starting uh, to see the difference between active duty know, and guard right now yeah wait <laughs> hold, hold on hold on hold on it's some high you, stuff i uh, yeah like, i got a, I got a lot of feedback in these headphones but did you say <laughs> did you say bloody mary or mimosa bar <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> Wild, it's blood, wild it's bloody berries by nine, and then uh, white claws by uh, thirteen hundred. See, that's what I'm talking about, guys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what I've been doing with my life. I've been. Uh, so after breakfast, get showered up, get in uniform, just like normal. Uh, start a day in uniform around uh, nine o'clock. Uh, once nine hits, we're at our desks. We usually have an agenda for the day, or at least tasks put out. Uh, there's uh, Two main officers on uh, the AGR side. There's um, uh, what we call our silver team or the ops uh, room. And then there is the 
uh, where me and Cody sit is weapons and tactics in the op suit position. Uh, Silver team pretty much runs all the planning for the upcoming TDY. So most of their day is spent either doing uh, small admin things as well as maintenance to the, all the additional duties that they hold because uh, they hold the majority of them along with the front office people. Uh, and then the coordination for the TDYs. Uh, so sending emails back and forth, making phone calls, logistical things, um, all the all the stuff that you don't really want to do, but pays off in the long run once you get to the to the TDY when the, uh, the prep is supposed to pay out for the traditional guys so that when they do show up, for those five to 10 days, uh, it's not, it, you don't want to waste any of their time because they're taking time away from work to be there. So you want to make sure that it's valuable for them. Uh, so most of our effort on a day-to-day basis is, is uh, towards that. Uh, we get off work uh, 16, 1630, uh, and then go back home. Uh, the only thing that's a little bit weird is whenever you have a drill weekend, which is uh, some of your standard uh, there's wing drills and then there's other drill weekends that you put together based on uh, really just kind of based on what the squadron wants to do. Uh, that would cause a, a one long weekend a month, essentially, where uh, you would go Monday through Friday and then you would have to stay there Saturday and Sunday when all the traditional guys show up. Um, usually you get uh, some sort of comp day the following Monday or something like that to break it up. But uh, that would be the only thing that's out of the ordinary from a from an active duty schedule. Nice. And then Cody, is you like that new guy rolling in like, you know, first couple drill weekends, you know, what was it, what was it like for you rolling into those first, uh, you know, out of the, out of the pipeline, you're in kind of that first year of training where you have those days to get upgraded and stuff. Like for you, what was your focus on during that first part? <clears throat> really just upgrade and then, uh, getting to know the squadron. Obviously you're the new guy. You, you have absolutely nothing that you've done thus far. Uh, you're trying to, to, you know, build up the rapport with those guys and then just figuring out how to get to that JTAC qualification. Um, and you know, it's a little bit different now for the kids coming out of the pipeline. Uh, they're trying to just streamline everything. Uh, but, um, back when I came through, you know, you had your do your time as a, as a, um, a Romad pretty much apprenticed at JTAC and, um, it was just fulfilling that obligation and just trying to get to JTAC school as quick as I could. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Hey, sounds pretty awesome. When are you guys, <sighs> I think one of you guys mentioned, I can't remember. I know I wanted to talk about this. Do I get to choose if, if I'm a new guy, do I get to choose which unit I go to like, or, or is it just kind of, Hey, I go into the garden and I get wherever I want. And then kind of along with that is what kind of distance am I looking at between the unit and where I'm allowed to live? Yeah. I mean, you most certainly do. It's kind of, uh, where you live. And that's one of the benefits of the guard is you get to stay kind of around where, uh, where you live. Um, now, obviously there's not a TACP, uh, guard unit in every state. So for, for some, they have to travel quite a bit of ways, um, over than others. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you live out in Washington, the state of Washington, there's a ASOS out there and you can go, go over to the guard base and say, Hey man, I want to be a TACP and then go through the whole, you know, assessment, uh, same thing, North Carolina or, you know, in Illinois or Indiana, wherever the state is, if they have a guard, um, ASOS, yeah, it's, that's where you want to be. And that's where you can do your whole time. Now, you know, if you, there's, positions and availabilities that open up elsewhere you definitely have the opportunity to move if you want to um, but if not if you want to stay where you're at then you then you're more than willing to do that so we've got a we've got a couple guys that live anywhere between 
15 minutes from base that are traditionals, as well as guys that live states away that fly in and meet us uh, for drill, either in Illinois or at the TY location that we're going to. Um, it, it seems like it would be kind of a hassle, but honestly, it, it, it works out really well. They show up just like anybody else would um, uh, at the same time as everybody else. They just take a different uh, – they take a plane to work instead of a car. So, uh, But it actually works out pretty well. And it gives you the flexibility to kind of stay in a state where your career is kind of uh, already established. And then you can join in the closest ASOS or the one that's most appealing to you. Uh, and it kind of gives you the opportunity to shop around and find the state that you might want to spend some time in or find a place that's close to – where uh, other family lives so that you can visit them on the way in and out of work and things like that. Oh man, this is, this is all sounding so amazing. So I'm a 19 year old or whatever. I want to join your ASOS. I walk in for the interview assessment process. What are your, like your top three do's, don'ts, tips, advice? Like what's the quickest way for you to be like, we'll call you, don't call us versus you're hired right now. You know what I mean? Uh, what, what you just you, went from I'm washing my hair to one on Netflix and chill. Right. That's, that's the scale just, that I want to talk about right there. Just some really general, Left specific advice about how to get hired on as a TAC P and what you guys are looking for versus what you're definitely not looking for. I think it's, you know, kind of the same with all uh, AFSCs within Special Warfare. We're looking for the same thing, man. We're just looking for, you know, professional that's motivated and wants to be there um, and, and just physically fit. And I'm not saying, you know, the, the most fittest of them all, like, you know, the, the eight-week assessment with all of SW right now, they do a great job of getting them into um, pretty good shape before they go to their breakouts. But um, they, they need to be motivated, and that's what we need. We need to be humble and motivated and willing, willing to learn and really wanting to be there. Um, I'm not saying you don't need to be in physically good shape. You need to. You need to be crushing it. Like the standards are, are set and uh, the minimums are minimums. That's not where you should be. Um, you want to blow people away, come in there and be the best. And that's how you're going to get hired. Um, but you know, if, if you're wanting to join the 169th ASOS, you know, the best way is to go to the Instagram page and send a, send a message and, and we'll get, get them going. Um, but I mean, we've got the slots for it and I think all the guard ASOSs do, um, as long as they want to be there, like they'll get hired. Awesome. Yeah. Get it. Trent's, uh, Trent's, I was, Trent's going to be calling you up. <laughs> I was going to say, man, I was just, uh, I was just hitting that little magnifier glass button and I was like, 169th, does it spell? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I mean, at the 274th, I don't know. They seem pretty cool out there in New York. <laughs> I don't know. But like, uh, I mean, I've, I've met one of the Grazier brothers, so obviously like your, your physicality is, is gotta be ridiculous. I'm only three inches uh, uh, shorter and, uh, I'm scrappier. I think there you go. Yeah. <laughs> nice. He actually toughened me up by beating my ass my entire life. So maybe now I can do something. I probably oh, can't. No. No, he's st- he's still got, he's still got that mental, uh, yeah. mental game on you. I hope he doesn't see this. I'm sure he will. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so as you guys, um, go in there, what are some, well, you mentioned the physicality of it. Like, so what are some great ways to prepare uh, for the tag P pipeline? And and I know this will kind of translate between guard and active duty. So, like, how, what did you guys do, or what would you recommend? Uh, so when I first enlisted, I di- I really didn't know anything about uh, how to exercise, how to work out, what was the best way. Like, I didn't even understand 
what type of shape I needed to be in for the job that I was going to be doing. So uh, I lifted a ton of weights when I was young. I probably hurt a lot of ligaments and tendons by lifting too much in the wrong way. Um, the standard thing, but the good thing now is if you are in a good uh, kind of balanced cardiovascular uh, strength and conditioning type program, I think that's going to put you in a good place for the pipeline that is set up uh, to kind of get you to the next step that you need to be at. I think what's probably more important and what I was lucky to have my brother already in is the, um, the mindset uh, and the knowledge and being mentally ready to deal with uh, some of the hardships that go through that. Cause you're going to get uh, regardless of, of where you go in the pipeline, you're going to get tired. You're going to get hungry. You're going to get fed up. Things are going to be happening at home. You're going to miss home. Uh, it's not going to feel worth it anymore at certain points. And that mental fortitude is kind of the thing that's going to drive you through as long as you still at least have some sort of uh, physical strength uh, and cardiovascular like baseline to go off of and absolutely uh, and cardio cool. is a big piece in that in that body weight motions uh, rucking is another one that is just uh something that i think people don't take uh, seriously and uh if, if you don't take rucking seriously then it's gonna what break you, you what do you mean it's, you just put a backpack on and you, yeah. you walk like little, kid, <laughs> exactly. little kids do it all exactly. the time i watch yeah. hundreds <laughs> of little kids just put the backpack on yeah. and they just yep that's uh, fine. Whatever. That's usually what people think when they see me on the uh, the street out here rucking. <laughs> look at that little kid go. <laughs> Whose kid? I was gonna say. Who's kid yeah, just saw peaches <laughs> on the side of the road? A sixty-five pound backpack. Boy, that kid <laughs> likes earth tones. I could do this all day. Let's just. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna get roasted after this anyway, so we're all good. <laughs> Solid. Oh, so. Uh, you know, obviously, guys, you know, we, we talk to an audience that is getting ready right now, you know, from, you know, sometimes from an active duty position, sometimes from already in the military, some different branch, sometimes 17, 18 years old. We talked about like physically preparing. What's the one thing that you would do mentally if you could get yourself, you know, put yourself now, like one thing that you would learn. You're going to go back, Cody, you're going to go back to fresh faced, 18 years old, square jawed and ready to protect America. And you get to tell them one t- one nugget of joy, like, hey, do this, and it'll make your pipeline more successful. What would old Cody tell young Cody? I mean, honestly, just having that positive mental attitude, man, not not wanting to quit. I mean, like I said, me touched on it too, is just, you know, you're going to have that day where you're just like, you know what, this is stupid, and I don't know why I'm doing it. And then I don't, I don't see the, the light in the tunnel. If you just have that that attitude, man, like nothing can break you as long as, in, you know, you're mentally strong and you can go through it then honestly just try to enjoy it and have fun with it that's one thing i wish i would have done a little bit more it's just i mean we're down at herbie and i mean that's a wonderful place to be uh, it's not that really hard to today. enjoy yourself down there you can just kind of <laughs> no. it just sort of happens yeah exactly but uh no man just keeping that attitude and you're gonna be just like you'll be just fine yeah so meet same thing so there you are you're getting ready to cross train future meet comes back and sees junior meet <laughs> Which is something that made me laugh in my head when I was thinking to say it. That's the only reason I wanted to put it out there. Uh, so junior, junior meat is there, and he's just needing that knowledge. And here comes senior meat. What does senior meat tell junior meat? Stop saying meat. <laughs> uh, I think the the purpose. You got to have a purpose for what you're doing. Uh, if you don't have a if you don't have that, you're not driving towards anything. So there's nothing to keep you from just stopping and quitting. 
uh, you've got to find and a purpose doesn't have to be some sort of like deep seated, like belief that you have, like, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to be the next warrior for America and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, hold the land of the free on my shoulders. It doesn't have to be anything crazy like that. It could literally just be that you want to take an adventure. You want to be a part of a brotherhood that, uh, stands for something, um, that you believe in. It could be, uh, anything in between those two extremes. Uh, but you've got to have the purpose or you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, that's can the I thing, just, man. It is, it is worth it too. That's the one thing that going through it all and it, and it sucking is just like, if I could tell myself now, is like, man, the things you're going to do and the things you're going to see, like, just suck it up, man. Cause it's, it's going to totally be worth it. Right. And it gets, it gets a lot easier once you're on team, right? It's super easy lifestyle being attack P. Super easy. Yeah. The, the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> but see, like we, we're always telling the guys like, Hey, like the, the pipeline and all the training exists for a reason. Cause it's not like you get on team and none of that stuff applies anymore. Like you don't have to ruck anymore. You don't have to run anymore. Life is just all like sunshine and rainbows. Uh, and I think especially in the tech P community, you know, you guys are, you like to party, but y- you ride pretty hard. They're the only guys that's in their name. They're not yeah, the yeah. tactical <laughs> air. <laughs> con- became a tacky. Yeah. It's, it's not the tactical air control get together. It's a party dog. <laughs> I, I think that has to go with the mindset, man. It's like, just because you made it through tech school doesn't mean you've really done anything, man. You haven't even gone down range. You haven't actually done the, done the job. Um, and it's just always staying hungry and always wanting to be the best. And that never stops at any level. Like whether you're the new guy or the most senior guy that um, is there at the shop, like you should always be wanting to be the best. Can't argue with that. <laughs> no way. So, uh, one of the things I wanted to hit um, and we're, we'll probably wrap this up here after this question, but um, what are some like really right in front of your face, just smack you disqualifiers whenever somebody, whether they're, they're interested in a part-time or a full-time, like what, what just gets them turn around at the door? PJ hair. Hey, first of all, I feel personally attacked. You know how I feel about it. There PJs everywhere rejoiced when the stay at home order shut down all non-essential services because they were like, finally a reason to grow out these flowing locks. <laughs> Sorry. No, man. Uh, me and I were talking about that a little bit. Um, it really, the thing that's going to get you that gets our guys anyways, is medical, uh, in the past test. Like if you can't, can't pass the standards of past test. You're not going. Um, and those are the minimums I was talking about. Those like, those is not where you should be at. Like, Hey man, I got the minimums. I'm good to go. Um, no, you need to be excelling those. However, if you can't meet the minimums, you're not going. Uh, and then there's medical disqualifiers. Um, and really the only one that I've, I've seen that's been a really showstopper is uh, depth perception or like eye issues. Um, we've had, uh, a lot of guys just kind of get discouraged about it and then just, you know, we never hear from them again. But uh, I think we've had two guys in the, in the, in the um, very near past that have gone and gotten the um, LASIK surgery or whatever they needed to and are coming back to, to assess with us. So um, it's not a showstopper, man, but uh, past and I'd say medical is really the only thing that are going to hold you up. Yeah. And, and it's funny too, cause just today I've, I've answered several PRK slash LASIK questions. Um, so that is definitely something that people are out there going and getting just to make sure that they meet the vision requirements. Yeah. And you're asking the type of guys that we want. Those are the, those are the ones we want. Like, Hey, they got told no. And they were like, okay, well, I'm going to find an option and figure it out. Cause I'm not taking no. Nope. 
Awesome. All right. Well, unless uh, Aaron or Trent have any parting shots or Cody, Ben, if there was anything that you guys wanted to make sure that you got out there about the Air National Guard tech piece, um, now's your time. Uh, just one more thing on the tr transition stuff. I know there's a, I always get uh, questions and comments from active duty guys that are currently active uh, that are wondering about the process and wondering what, what's going to change for them. And I uh, just so that if those questions come up, uh, your life can change as much as you want it to whenever you make the transition. If you can get the AGR spot, it's not really going to change at all. Um, but if you want to do the DSG stuff, the traditional way, then it gives you an excellent opportunity to pursue uh, a career that you've always wanted to pursue. You can go to school you've got kind of all the options that you want to, you can live a, a civilian life and then still have the opportunity to remain in the community that you've, you've always been in that you love being in. So it gives you a good opportunity to kind of do both. Uh, if, if you're not fully committed and then you've always got the opportunity down the road, uh, if the slot, uh, comes available that you can become full-time, uh, if that's, if that's the way you want to go. So there's a lot of flexibility there. And, uh, if you want to pursue other things. Awesome. Okay, cool. So to recap of them, what we've got is we've got Air National Guard and we've got active duty. Tonight we covered Air National Guard. You've got your part-timers. You've got your active duty. Or I'm sorry, not active duty. you got your full-timers, rather. Active duty. <laughs> I love how I'm you close it up. Much, yeah, it's much more like a carnival bar. you got your active duty. you got hey. your full-timers. Hey, yo. Here's <laughs> see what you got. you got your guard, your active duty. <laughs> that guy's apparently from New York. I don't know. I'm sorry, Fugazi, Brian. Fugazi. Just want to publicly say it. <laughs> oh, don't worry. After this, I'm gonna text him. And go, hey, might want to take some stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think one of the the overarching things, though, is that the guard gives you quite a bit of flexibility. We have a lot of flexibility in the active duty, but guard gives you flexibility on whether you want to be part time or full time, and then also if you want to go. If you want to live in a specific area, whether it's Illinois, Boise, or wherever there happens to be a guard ASOS, you can go there, you can interview, and just make sure that you've got a positive mental attitude, you're motivated, and you're driven to get out there and get it. Um, there's not much of a difference between uh, you know, active duty and the guard guys. And I got to be honest, guys, I, I don't think I've ever met a guard dude that is not happy being guard. Not is once. That a, that's that a, that's yeah. a thing that I can't believe that we haven't gotten to here is you've never talked to a guard guy that goes, you know what, guard, not the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was nerve wracking. <laughs> it was probably the best decision I've made. <laughs> awesome. Well, everybody's out there listening. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. I mean, we from the bottom of our hearts, we, we love it. So, um, Check out our affiliates, Alpha Brew Coffee Company, Strikeforce Energy, and Averly Stock. And then be sure to follow us and leave, please leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let me know how terrible I did at hosting this episode so that I can <laughs> I can have remedial training and uh, correct myself. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> Group chat going to be lit. Yeah. And then, uh, so leave those reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, Check us out on Stitcher, Buzzsprout. We're on YouTube as well. Leave us comments. We'll engage with you guys. And then uh, please get after it. So get out there and earn each breath. Train our guys. Cody, Ben, Flyer. Thanks.
Later. Thanks for having us, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good one.